Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The home of the Red Sox. 93.7 WEIFM and HD1. Lawrence, Boston. Brought to you by DuckDuckGo. Search and browse more privately. Download the free DuckDuckGo app today. We're always live on the free Odyssey app. This hour of the Ken and Curtis Show is brought to you by your New England Kubota Tractor Dealers featuring MB Tractor in West Springfield and North Reading. said last week, Curtis, you're dead wrong. I disagree. Back to put you in your place today. How are you? Oh, I am great. Loving the, uh, I, I, this is my favorite time of year. Not exactly for this specific job. Red Sox season? But uh, summer's kicking off. Fourth of July, great American holiday. And got a, uh, got dinner on my parents tonight in the seaport. So <laughs> That's every, every night. Everything's coming up, Curtis. So uh, loving that. But no, I'd say... For for the dead zone, this past week was pretty good in terms of the... Not that dead. Not dead at all. You have the Porzingis acquisition, which mm-hmm. I guess was at the tail end of last week. You missed... That was the big show last week was the... You had Shine ta- breaking down Porzingis. The path- no, the pathetic Celtics media, like, crying over crying Marcus, over Marcus Smart. Smart. Like, bizarre <laughs> to me. Anyway... Uh, Should his jersey be retired? 617-779-7937. Uh, I was thinking of t- on Monday with Greg... Uh, doing my Mount Rushmore of the most important athletes of my lifetime in terms of what they did, not exactly what, more of what they led to. So, like, Mo Lewis, number one. Brady one, Brady two. Well, no, Mo Lewis, number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, sorry, Dick Rabine, number one. <laughs> Mo, Lewis, no, Mo Lewis, number two. Malcolm Butler, number three. And then Bill Belichick, number four. Whoa! Because Bill Belichick's inability to understand he needed to experience extend Brady allowed us all to see for without any debate who it was all along. Now so why do you have to now why the backhanded compliment to Bill? Because he chose Brady over Belichick. If you're gonna go down this road, he is as important as anybody in your ooh, life. Who is the ref? Maybe it's Walt Coleman should be on there. Because <laughs> if not for the uh the the tuck rule, maybe we do anyway, we I got some time to refine that. But yeah, I, I it it is 
incredible to me as we sit here on the 1st of July. Happy Canada Day, Ooh. and thank you for the smoke, Canada. <laughs> um, the Roof closed again today, probably. Uh, it's just <laughs> it's unbelievable. Uh, way to go, Trudeau. But the... Um, what is uh, occurring with the Patriots? You sound like my in-laws. Good. Way to go, Trudeau. <laughs> I had, couldn't believe it. I went there several years ago. There is a lot of animus to that guy. Oh, um, very much so. Um, so we're going to be getting to Canadian politics at 10. Yes. The, Curtis uh, breaks down the Supreme Court at 9. Oh, by the way, I have to get this. Uh, Stiz is in. Stiz is outraged that Joe Rogan has, like, people that talk about vaccines on his podcast. What was that Instagram post you had? Well, I just, you know, it's kind of like the the meme said, Curtis. It's like 99 out of 100 doctors say vaccines are safe, but Joe Rogan's like, oh, that one guy must be onto something. No, Let's the do- get him on. The, the doctor, Welcome to the Greg Hill Show during the pandemic, the, the doctor that We would have that doctor on. That guy, I ho- remember. That guy, ho- no, we had, the, we had the guy that was, like, rooting for the pandemic, Boney. We had Boney on. He was great. Boney, and, that's and then you right. would mock him after we came so, out. It was like so, Belichick's interview. Yeah, uh, what, what Boney? He said, give me one thing he said that was right. But the, the guy that they wanted to have on the Joe Rogan podcast is a guy, if you watch the videos, he's basically been totally wrong on everything. And he was just coming on to debate what, what better thing to do than to have two people who disagree on an open forum, on a free form podcast for four hours, disagree. <laughs> Yeah, I know what you're saying, and the, he, he just had Robert Kennedy on right. there. And, I mean, the, you know, obviously, I Kennedy's everything. wrong. He looks like a fool. Anyway, uh, but it's good to see you. I do miss you. Good morning, Stiz. guys. Good morning. Um, Stiz trying to pay Ken for coffee. I mean, my God. What he's, a guy. Kind of, my guy, Ken. The guy's rolling like he just pulled it out of a brand new Bentley. Um, I did, but you know what? You and Arkan have the nicest cars at the station. You guys are like quasi full-time personalities, and you have the nicest cars. BMW for Arcan. You drive in with the Audi. Well, Arcan with the Beamer. Huh? Yeah, exactly. Uh, How does that work? Ar- by the way, Arcan would like you to believe he's like working class. <laughs> yes, like, do I try and act like I'm anything other yes, than who do. I am? Yeah, Mr. Working Class Curtis. <laughs> working class? I have like loafers on. <laughs> anyway, um, this past week you had the Devontae Parker extension, mm-hmm. which. Everybody that is the, you know, I heard Gresh yesterday. Oh, my God. I almost careened into the shoulder of the Mass Pike. He's still talking like it's 2003 about saving money. And he's like, well, if you could pay $100 less for your cable bill. I I have no idea. The analogies don't land for me. Maybe it's a me problem. The Patriots need DeAndre Hopkins. They should acquire him. If the acquisition, or sorry, if the restructure of Devontae Parker was done as a prelude to the signing of Hopkins, then why would Devontae Parker agree to lower his money and have it based on incentives that are far less likely to be hit? Have we gotten the full breakdown on that? Yeah, it's receptions and games played. So he's definitely getting less in base? Less in base. Cut in half. But he got a, he got money up front at a bonus? It is, it, he got more money. Uh, well, he got... It, it was, he must have gotten more cash out of it. He, he had didn't. to have some incentive himself to do the deal. I, I don't know what it was, but it might be more total than had he just played this season. But the Patriots would have gotten more cap space if they had just cut him on his existing deal than they well, did by flash, doing this. They're not cutting him. They're not signing DeAndre Hopkins. And you wanted him out instead of Bourne. If by some chance they do back-ass into a Hopkins deal, Bourne is the guy that's going to get cut, not Devontae Parker. Okay, Parker but, is but, staying. But that's this is the issue. When the head coach, who's also the general manager, and the quarterback don't speak... <laughs> then you get your number one. Would anybody doubt that Jacoby Myers was Mac's most trusted receiver? Uh, no. Okay. So you get rid of him for basically the exact contract as Juju Smith-Schuster got. Right. So you replace him with a guy that hasn't performed here, hasn't played with the quarterback, has a knee issue. Right. Then you have Devontae Parker, who, according to everyone, was Patricia's guy, 
Mac was being told to keep the routes, the offense was all designed starting in week one in Miami, the, the, the chuck and duck throws to Devontae Parker that were picked off. This is a guy that was not on the same page with Mac. He was the only person in the offense to openly harumph about the rumored acquisition of DeAndre Hopkins. And you now have Kendrick Bourne as your guy who would be the, 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 the last guy out who's one of the few remaining Mac guys in the offense. So do you think this is Belichick again trying to fire an arrow across the bow here of uh, Mac Jones and keep him? You are the quarterback, son. You are not in charge of anything else. You do not carry any weight when it comes to roster decisions. Yeah, I mean, you could be right about that. It's also them just sort of doubling down on their signing. Stubborn Bill. Right. This signing was the right one. I'm but- I'm gonna. What has changed? That's one of my big questions. As I was walking around at five this morning, unfortunately, uh, my son loves being awake. Boy, does he ever! I was well, Castle Island at five a.m. It's kind of uh, this morning. It was cloudy. What, one Ooh. of the I, I might be a loser. Very foggy, you are. dense fog. I find it remarkable that these planes can land without seeing anything. Like you hear them, you don't see them, and they're yeah. like a hundred feet above your head. Anyway, uh, gotta love radar. <laughs> but the um, <laughs> but this this team. What has shifted? And Courtney made a great point. She brought up the other day the season ticket email on the Greg Hill Show. Talk about bluster without any follow-through. We will not tolerate standing idly by. We are going to redouble our efforts to ensure that you you see championship-worthy football. Now it's like we hope to be in contention. They are 31st today. One team has spent less cash on this roster. Okay, but forget about the cash. I take, take that Gresh said was lazy yesterday. <laughs> I don't know what's lazy about it. It's a fact. It's what else matters than what you're spending on your team. But this is the way he operated with Brady. I know Mac Jones isn't Brady, but you like Mac Jones. You're on Mac Island. They never got the elite receiver other than Moss for Brady. Right. So they got guys. Because that, I like Mac doesn't mean he's Brady. But this is they want Mac to be able to elevate these guys into good players. That's his me- method and model for winning. Right. Do you think Josh Allen's a good quarterback? I do. Okay. It took me a while, but I came around. Okay. Is Josh Allen the same quarterback today as he was three years ago without Steph Diggs? That's not Bill's system, though. But what I'm telling you... That's not Bill's whole operation. But Bill's system used to be one that was a chameleon, one that was game plan plan specific, and the quote we always heard, and it was brilliant, do business as business is being done. And he is no longer that way. The game has changed. Who doesn't understand that? Bill. <laughs> Bill but, does not agree but, that it's changed. So, so Bill and he's determined, and you're four. The four that, that came up oh, this week. Oh, did you hear that quote? I love that. So, uh, said in the dialogue on the uh, Greg Hill Show, pulled that little whammy out there, and they had Bill saying that it took four years in Cleveland, four years when he arrived here because he doesn't mm-hmm. count 01, <laughs> and then this is his fourth year to get everything going. If he gets things going this year, will you give him credit? Of course. Uh, Ken, if, they, if they're good this year, of course you give him credit. I just question the man. So if somebody gives you a bizarre route to take to arrive at a destination, mm-hmm. the whole way you're probably swearing at the guy, like, why are we taking this god-awful route? But <laughs> like if you when get, you and I drove the Encore oh and God, did like a 30-minute lap. Took, took us two hours from Brookline. <laughs> you can, it's not like you can't see it a mile away. Anyway, um, you're, you're cursing the guy until you get there early, and you're like, wow, thanks. This is a, this is a circuitous route. It may work, and if it does, obviously you give Bill credit. I'm just questioning that this is the dysfunction that has followed Bill. It's not dysfunction. It's normal Bill, and we're now reacting uh, to it. Ken, it is dysfunction if the coach and the quarterback aren't communicating. Uh, he never communicated with Brady. Yes, he did. They met every week. Yeah, That was staged. The and more if, I think about it, that was staged with like the draft. If you trust Bill and Tom, Tom told Bill that he could be hard on him 
because the other guys in the in the in the room would notice if he wasn't equal with him. And, and by the else. way, why was the Brady crying meme back out this week on social media with him reacting to? It was six months ago. People were trying to act like that had just happened. It was oh somewhere on TikTok. It wasn't Brady who released it. It was somebody on TikTok that released the video. By the way, I don't, I don't know how we started here. I wanted to talk Red Sox. I wanted to talk oh, James God. Paxton, who was huge last night, and we will. Ken, can you just stop faking it with the Red Sox? I mean, I'm not like, faking it. The last two nights have been money. Two great starts, but I was in Philly this week. Okay. Ooh. Drive around the suburbs. Got to visit the family. Beautiful. How's David? Uh, who's David? Field. The CEO. Oh, David, yes, David Field and I had lunch. <laughs> okay. Uh, listening to our sister station, WIP. And the midday guy, Joe Giglio, was trotting out. They were doing top 10 NFL coaches. It was that time of year, I guess, in Philadelphia. I love it. And Belichick is number two on his list. I, I, I turned it on, and they're talking about Bill Belichick. Andy Reid one. Andy Reid one, Bill Belichick two. You get outside the New England bubble. People still respect Bill the way they always did. When I was in Nashville, talking to my Ubers and the people around. Talking they, to your Ubers. I did. The, the, I, I left early on occasion. You, I've seen you type in Uber, do not talk to me on oh, the comments. That is actually one of my requests. But <laughs> this, this one gentleman was, um, uh, was talking to me about, I was going to the airport, and he said, you know, oh, man, what happened to Bill up there? And he, they were all mocking the Patriots after he I was like the, I was like let's just keep driving I could talk about this for days the guy was like celebrating the would you have Belichick Patriots. top two on your list no who would you have uh, Andy Reid one I know you hate Reid Andy Reid would be one he would yes uh, he's got Mahomes and you put him one all those years of a failure right of a never win We've, until he got Mahomes okay we're talking about today he's, he's the same as Bill if does, you're gonna criticize Bill, Bill for not winning without Brady how about Reid without Mahomes is what type what side of the ball does Reid coach um, <laughs> he's big enough to coach both. I agree. We can do fat jokes, but we can get to the point. Which side <laughs> of the an ball? Offensive mind. Yes, one of the great offensive minds. You wouldn't yeah. doubt that. Uh, he did a pretty good job with subpar quarterbacks over the years, but okay. did not push them over the line. Right. So, but what I'm saying is that you can give Reed credit for Mahomes. You can't give Belichick the offensive credit for Brady. Well, that's just stupid. Why? Because Belichick's not an offensive coach. Hmm. Uh, I think in those days he was. Today he's well, not. Well, Charlie Weiss wasn't the offensive coach. Uh, but, you know, Bill had his hands in everything back in those days. Charlie I... Weiss was big enough to coach both <laughs> sides of the ball. All right. 617-779-7937. We managed to go bluster for 14 minutes without really a topic. I love it. But it's really kind of like Bell- you're just you still question Bill. Do you question Bill? Uh, I still think he's an excellent coach, okay. and he's and he's okay. what do you on think track. About... They are improved from last year. I am encouraged about. So you think DeAndre Hopkins headed. is not coming? He's here. He's not coming here, and they don't need him. Wow. They, they don't need him. He, they're and the favorite. They're not play- to everybody. I'm, I'm happy with Bill. They're not playing his games. They're signing Parker instead, to an extension. What, what they're did telling Parker, you? This I know is our last guy. Year you said that Parker was a top five receiver. He had a great year. 72 he, catches and 1,200 yards. That's what I'm going by. He had 30 catches. Not last year. This is when he was in Miami. He had one good year in Miami. But he and the current quarterback there. were not on the same page. They weren't. But now they've got Gusecki. And they're Entering gonna... this offseason, you would have said the receiving core is good as long as they extend Devontae Parker. Patricia had him draw, running backwards. Like, did you see some of the routes he ran last year? Oh, my goodness. So you can't go by the numbers of last year. You've got to look at Bill O'Brien and the future. With Gasecki, it's a different offense. Now, yes, they are Mex- so missing a tackle. So what's the record this year? They are 10. I'm teetering on 10 and 11. They're a 10-win team. Lock it in. <laughs> Patriots in year four, as Bill has said, or that quote surfaced this week. I so think they're not totally a playoff right. team. The four-year plan is coming to fruition. Yeah, they're a wild card team. Seven teams make it. Ten wins get you in. I I, I am fascinated about I cannot wait for this football season. I, I am so I, it, the best part about it is that there's enough fans now that are willing to at least question the process. 
Mm. And a lot of fans. And what I find to be just remarkable, and Wiggy's on this, and he's he's partially right. The way in which Kraft has just sort of half cocked, gone about this with the like, we we can get Lamar Jackson to telling Cavuto on Fox Business that Max, a young great player, to we're going to spend and we're going to go after it to thirty first. The Buffalo Bills current <laughs> roster has a hundred million more dollars on it than the Patriots. Yeah, the Mets spent a lot of money. Is that Buffalo? Work? Is Buffalo a similar market to Boston? I don't know. Is it is upstate New York? I think it's a similar size, metro size. Yeah. It, it most certainly is not. <laughs> I like downtown Buffalo. I like Stanley Stiz Grimey, longtime member of the Greg Hill family. Came over to WEI with Greg, sort of. You and Curtis did not get along at first. There were some awkward moments. Well, we butted heads a little but bit. But Stiz has uh, stood the test of time. He's That's still right. part of the family here. We appreciate right. it. It's time for training. Love you, boys. <laughs> Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. Well, your Boston Red Sox got the job done last night in Toronto. Jaron Duran hit a two-run homer. James Paxton and two relievers combined on a three-hitter. And the Sox snapped a season-worst five-game losing streak, beating the Blue Jays 5-0. The second of the three-game series will continue today in Toronto. First pitch at 3.05. The Red Sox are scheduled to start right-hander Cutter Crawford. He's 0-1 with a 5.25 ERA in three career games. Two starts against Toronto. Don't forget, you can catch every pitch right here on the Shaw's and Star Market, WEI Red Sox Network. Shaw's perfecting the art of fresh. Christian Arkham will get you ready for the game starting at 2.05 with the Mass Mutual pregame show, Mass Mutual Insurance Planning Investments. And reports are now saying that Kristaps Porzingis has agreed to a two-year, $60 million extension with the Boston Celtics. Earlier this month, Porzingis picked up $36 million player option for next season in order to facilitate his trade to the Celtics. And this extension, which kicks in next summer, will keep him in Boston until 2026. Porzingis spoke with the media during his introductory press conference and spoke on his emotions when the trade got done. No, it was a crazy day for me. Um, I, I was about to go to sleep, and then I heard the news that the day the trade didn't go through. Um, so that kept me up for a little bit longer. But then by like 4 a.m. back home, I was like, okay, uh, I'll go to sleep and see what happens. I wake up in the morning. And, uh, and I saw that it, it happened, the trade happened, and I was just extremely excited and extremely happy. I'm Stiz. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. More Ken and Curtis right after this. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Get Boston Sports Original on the go. Wherever you go. Just download the Odyssey app. We're right back to it. Ken and Curtis 
on WEEI. Kenny Curtis Show, Stiz at the controls. And there you know you've got good rejoins all day. Stiz is a music guy. Yeah, and so. I, we don't usually do shout-outs, but, but uh, the great Ian Maripol, formerly Iggy of EEI, who you can blame him for me being at EEI. The whole crew is uh, heading down to Newport listening to the show. So mm. good morning to the Maripol family. Yeah, I'm not happy with what he texted you, though. Yeah, he said, uh, tell Ken it's football season. Yeah. It is not. It is not. How about the last two nights of starting pitching for your Boston Red Sox? That is the stuff of a contender. You get a no-no into the eighth from my guy. Can I get an apology? Can I get a Brian Bayo apology from Christopher John Curtis? Lo siento. Thank you. But, I mean, I want a sincere one. I mean, you mock me every time his name came up in the morning show for the last year. You know Oh, what? this is supposed to be Pedro Jr. I this have... is supposed to be baby Pedro. Okay, Pedro Martinez. He couldn't shine Pedro's shoes. B- before you... Uh, actually, he can. Okay. okay. Let me... And they have an ace. Well done. Okay. Uh, he's really helped the equipo. And... What I would say to you is before there was Brady, there was Pedro. I love Pedro. Pedro was, we talk about the most influential people in Boston sports or people that changed the dynamic. I was working at Fenway Park. It was dead ass. Here it is. This, he, he doesn't portray himself as a working man. How, I was. How well, often I mean, does he bring up that he was a, for one night he was a vendor at Okay, I'm Park. not working class. The CFO of the Red Sox used to work with my dad at Ernst & Young and got me the job, okay? <laughs> Mr. Buckley, thank you. So uh, I was working there, and when he would pitch, the park just it, it changed. Awesome. It, but Pedro remains to me one of the truly great competitors I have ever seen. He is, at his peak, the best pitcher I've ever seen play. But you're pitch. seeing that come out of Bayo, the confidence. Did okay. you watch him on Thursday? He looked great. Kent, I just, I'm just let's let's not let's not put him in Cooperstown quite yet. And now that I know that it wasn't a Heim Bloom acquisition, I think he's Pedro. I, now that I know Dombrowski <laughs> signed him, you love Dombrowski. I love Dombrowski, so it makes makes my point. So no, he's been. If you if you told me at the beginning of this year. The Red Sox would miss the playoffs and be mediocre, but they would get an ace out of it. I don't know. I might have taken it. He was born in 99, by the way, Well, as Pedro was just forming. Right. Uh, unfortunately. He was Brian Bayo, born in the Dominican. I mean, the game five coming out of the bullpen, the five no or six no-hit innings at Jacobs Field when the Red Sox and Indians were big rivals to come back and win that game was something of legend. Hmm. Okay, so then you got Paxton, who goes last night, and he has been really good. You would admit, James Paxton has, was a project, a long-term project of Hein Bloom's, and it has worked. This is Hein Bloom's dream on paper. He has a pitcher that he can flip at the deadline for more prospects, which is exactly <sighs> okay. what he probably will do. I, I would say 99% he will do it. Okay, so let me. I want to know this. Give me the prospects that Hein Bloom has drafted that are doing well. Last I checked, Marcelo Mayer was not hitting his weight in Portland. Really? Yeah. I actually haven't checked in him in a while. I oh. mean, he's the obvious uh, Let me tell you something. pupil. If he was playing well, you'd be reading about it in the Globe. <laughs> which came which came out of the uh, pandemic. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, he's only been at it for, you know, what's Bill need four years? I mean, you're just starting to see it. Okay, well, there's there's something called, like, Greenville, and then there's Portland, then there's Woo Sox. Where, where are these guys on the pipeline? Yeah, I mean, I think you have to give them time. I think okay, so I, I've officially, I'm out on Heim. I, I would say, thank you for your service. You're not going to work here. That is what where I sit today. I, he got I, you Garrett Whitlock. I mean, he's... yeah. I the, I think Dan Shaughnessy tw- uh, put this in a column, <laughs> the uh, picking up the pieces where he said the Red Sox have become the Twins, dull, mediocre. 
boring. Well, they're they're still building. I mean, they're right, still right. So what's coming? Like, what? Let me sh- let me see the pl- the floor plans. W- what's coming down Casas, the line? Duran. Casas sucks. Has an awful. Ah, it's just extreme. He thinks he's God's gift. He talks about himself That's like good. he's John Olerud in first contest. base. I mean, maybe he should wear a helmet in the field. Uh, and uh, okay, Tristan Casas sucks. Next. Well, they signed Masataki Yoshida. He's here for a while. Great signing. He's an anchor. Um, not an anchor that will drag you to the bottom of the ocean, but you know he's he's a, he's a cornerstone. Let's put it that way. I like Durant. I the season he's having, he had a great catch and a home run yesterday. So there, you found a young piece. Okay. Did he sign and develop Durant? I don't think he did. Okay, so I'm asking Heim Bloom. Heim Bloom specific guys. Uh, it's just too early to tell. It's his fourth year. What what year was Dombrowski hired? Mm. 2014, I believe. Uh, Charrington got fired a year after the World maybe Series. 15? So 15, 16, 17, 18. Year four, the best season in the history of the franchise. Yeah, but that's totally different. You're evaluating a guy who is trading away prospects to get talent that's already Right, to win. What's the goal so of the team? It doesn't take as long for Dabrowski to come in and show his stuff. That's the one thing I will never understand, and I, I, Gresh can call it lazy to talk about what you pay. I don't know. It seems like the opposite, but... If you're going to be a fan August of the team... August 15 was when Dombrowski came in. So, four years in, they won the World Series, the best season right. in the history of the organization. By the way, they're not out of it this year. I'm not saying they're going to win a World Series, but, okay. but, but for all the President's Trophy... Uh, Outside of Bayo, why do you watch? Meaningless or listen? They're four games out of a wild card. They're, yeah. hang, they're hanging in it. There's 16 wild cards now. Who cares? Wait until Story comes back. Then you've got your team, and you've got two potential... Aces here at the top of the rotation. So um, the athletic Tim Britton, the great uh, um, former, I think he used to write in the Herald for the Red Sox, for cover, beat guy for the Red Sox. He's now mm-hmm. at the Athletic. Yep. And uh, sorry, I've got six million photos of James this morning. Um, <laughs> anyway, he had a. I sent it to you. There it is. Okay, so he talked about are they going to be buyers, sellers, or tailors? Tailors, I guess, is like a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Last year. He writes that you'd be the Boston Red Sox. You'd be much in demand of the extensive Boston media landscape if you could offer a cohesive explanation of how the Red Sox have been since their 2018 championship. Last summer's trade deadline, machinations, machinations. Mm-hmm. I never know how to pronounce that properly. Might have been Heim Bloom's most confusing moves yet in dealing away Vasquez, but not JD Martinez, while also bringing in Hosmer and Tommy Pham. Who could forget? The Red Sox failed to get under the luxury tax or to notably improve their team. Expect something similar at this deadline. No, and Kennedy has flat said they won't do that again. I mean, he's come on with your show. So what are they going to do? They made a mistake so last year trading, by trying to be half in and half out. If they're trading packs, and that means they're going to unload people, and they're not going to be contending. Then. Well, they you haven't just, traded them yet. You just said they're ninety nine percent chance <laughs> they're trading. Well, them. I'm hoping. You know, as a Sox fan, some I like watching this team. I hope they. I, I would like it's a better summer if they're contending. Okay, right. And, and if you the just next said ninety nine percent, they're going to sweep. Well, they're going to take two out of three from Toronto because they'll lose the Gossman tomorrow. And then you'll see where you are. They, they they are playing well in the division. I will say this. It's discouraging that they can't beat National League teams, which may lead to an Alex Cora problem of preparation. I have to say, good thing they get to, don't get to the World Series. <laughs> Why? Because then they don't have to lose to a National League team. <laughs> yeah, or, yeah, exactly. To the Miami Marlins. By the way, uh, what did you think of McDonough's uh, comments about Cora? Very interesting, which I want to play those later. Uh, I put this poll up on the uh, Sox Booth Twitter account last night. If the Sox are offered a great return package, should they deal James Paxton at the deadline? Okay, that's such a dumb question. Should, if they get a great return package, well, if you're going to do that, then it means you won the trade. 
Should, if the question is, should they trade Paxton? Not should, if they get a great return package. You shouldn't trade anybody unless you get a great return package. Well, no, because if you say, should you trade Paxton, the response would be, well, Bloom will mangle a trade, so no, they shouldn't. So I'm taking that out of the equation. Right. I'm saying Bloom does a good job with the trade. I would say Heim Bloom's current standing with Red Sox fans is as low as any GM has been in recent memory at any of the four teams. I would agree, but I'm surprised by this poll result. 78% of the 1,000 people that voted are in favor of trading Paxton. Right, because you included... They are out on the season. No, Ken... They are out. They that are is punting. A, that is a misworded two question. options were... That's like him. an NBC poll question. The, the two options are keep him, season is alive, trade him, build for 24. Okay. 78% want to build for 2024. Because they think the season's dead. That's what I'm saying. That's very surprising to me. That Ken, they, have you watched or listened to the games? The Red Sox are not a good team. They're poorly They are an average team currently. They are poorly put they together. They are underperforming. They are horrific defensively. They have been. They lack star power. Mm, Look at the all-star power. voting. Want to see the most pathetic thing? Remember when the Red Sox mm. fans used to, like, overwhelm? If they were ever the, what was it, the, the last man in, and they'd have that poll, and yeah. every time the Red Sox fans would get that guy into the all-star <laughs> game, now they can't even get a single person. It's been a rough first half. Yes, I would agree. No, what's but, happened but is the Red, Sox, no. the Red Sox have abused their fans. By making horrible decisions, saying they're contending without being honest about the fact that they're rebuilding, and what you get is what you have now, a middling team that doesn't have a direction. It is rudderless. I- I'm sorry, it is. I know we're supposed to be nice. The Red Sox are rudderless right well, now. Well, I mean, this actually, these poll results speak to people are telling Haim to go do what you want to do, no, which is trade away your... No, diehard fans that follow Sox Booth on Twitter are saying the season's over. Yes, I mean... Absolutely. They they do not believe in this team, and they want to build for next year. So the people that follow it the tr- closest are telling you that they are not a good team. But, okay, James Paxton, he's 34. You finally found a pitcher who is he, he's a veteran pitching at the top of his game. He's back from injury. He's definitely injury prone, no doubt about that. Right, you should have tried why when I said it. Why wouldn't you sign him for three years? I actually would agree with trading Paxton. You would? Yeah. What, where's this team going? He, he's injury prone. Well, where are they going? Why wouldn't you want him around for the next three or four years? Because he's injury prone Bayo. in his mid-30s. I thought the Red Sox were, were not into giving guys in their mid-30s money. Well, they're not. That's why they're going to trade this guy. They're going to trade Chris Martin, who's been an unbelievable way thinking guy. Great with play. He's, he's good. And they're going to get a boatload of prospects at the deadline. So you're, uh, you know you're what I get love? The, the influx of talent. Uh, I love it. What, what was that thing, the submersible called? Uh, what's the submersible called? What was the, the titan? titan? The Titan. Yeah, the Red Sox are going to become the Titan. There's a boatload of prospects. <laughs> Honest to God, I. I, I what, even the when last the Red two Sox nights, were no, I was good, gone for the five game. When I had to hear streak. about Craig Hansen and oh, Pavano. And... Those days were. Yeah, Craig Hansen was your top prospect. But what's wrong with Dombrowski's approach? Do you think the Philadelphia management is pissed that they hired him? Why wouldn't you want to be with Dombrowski right now? Well, he signed Chris Sale for one, okay. which you call the worst signing in exactly. Red Sox history. Yep, and so Bill, Belichick, Bill Belichick allowed Brady to walk, but it still doesn't mean that he's not a good person in terms of personnel. He still made a, That's the worst decision I've ever seen, but he's a smart I guy. Mean, Dombrowski's been around a long time. He won once here. That was the first time he'd ever won. Right. They were so, far more entertaining. They were a far better roster. It was an entertaining year, and yes. list me the players that he unloaded. He acquired... Kopech. You should, you should be kissing the toes. Trade back for. You should be kissing the toes of Dombrowski because he signed Brian Bayo, the future of this organization. It was a great, great move. I okay. would agree. So why do you... I, did, I don't dislike Dombrowski. But, but then why did they get rid of him? Because they're not looking to spend money. Well, they spent too much money recklessly they felt and they were right about it because you agree that sales contract was outrageous okay was but if you, if you have and it's still hurting them. if you have sale and bayo they even out 
Um, I don't know. Worst contract in history? Yep, with the best. Evens out with yes. the best. Because if you have $32 million for, for sale and 600000 or a million for Bayo, those are two starting pitchers for $16 million. Not bad. Yeah, I mean, I'm not convinced that Bloom's the answer. And I'm, I, I like a lot of what Dabrowski did. Obviously, he brought a title here. But We're getting close to indifference, which is the worst possible relationship between a fan base and the team they were So do for. you think they will fire Bloom? Because yes. I, I don't think so. That's I, what happens. I, I don't think so. I, I think they're going to. That's what in happens fact, when you're a distant father like John thing, Henry is. You just throw money at it and you keep changing instead of actually dealing with the issues going on. The McDonough thing, you are very right about. I mean, for Sean McDonough to, to come on and say, criticize Cora, I do. A part of me does wonder if he has been speaking to members of the organization who are pro Bloom, anti Cora, and Cora might be legitimately on the hot seat. And you know what? I agree with the Red Sox front office. It's not going to be a winning plan for them because the fan base is stands firmly behind Cora, but. This Red Sox organization stood behind Cora when he was at his lowest point after the cheating scandal. Yeah. And he's repaying them by openly questioning the makeup of the team, saying it's not my fault. I know, and I like Cora, but you have to consider the possibility that it's not working here currently, that he is becoming belligerent, or he and Bloom are not seeing eye to eye or getting along. He's throwing them under the bus. You ever notice with Cora, nothing's his fault? I totally do. And he's got... got Real sensitive, be, thin skin when he, it comes yes. to criticism, and he may be overplaying his hand here. So I, if you ask me to pick now, Core is the one that's good, that's on the hotter seat than Bloom. Yeah, well, I with mean, the organization, the only reason I think Bloom is more secure is because of that godforsaken Stan Grossfeld puff piece about Heim's <laughs> deep Boston roots. From, I'm not Stan Grossfeld, Bob Holer puff piece on the uh, Heim Bloom's deep relationship with Boston. Where Bob Holer, who's usually you know the henchman, was like talking to Heim's grandfather about mm-hmm. how much he loves Boston and the fan base has been hard on him. It was a bizarre, it was bizarrely timed, oddly placed story from the the uh, Red Sox owners newspaper. Well, exactly. So, what do you examine? What you're seeing? Here, I'm, ex- I'm examining that Heimblum is awful at his job. Nice guy, seems very nice. He's not good at his job, so I don't want him to be running the team anymore. But what do you think is going to happen? I think that there they're going to keep Pine Bloom and let him trade at the deadline. But and let get, me tell you this: if they fire Cora, does. if they fire Cora and keep Bloom this season, there will be a revolt, or maybe there'll just be a quiet quit. Like fans will just say, "F you, I'm not even going to get mad about it." The great crowd Thursday night; people were still coming. I, I didn't see indifference. I see people packing Fenway Park, so I think they do care. I don't I, see. I that. went to Fenway on Father's Day, the first time I'd been there forever. You told me it was great. James's first game. We had a lovely time. People were far more engaged in the concourse than they were in the stands. Here's what McDonough, this was uh, right after the uh, game, and he was uh, the sweep by the Marlins, and he was giving, giving his opinion on his what he said. This was late in the game he on tells it as it is. Thursday night. Mm-hmm. You know, he's been saying a lot lately, the roster is the roster, which to me, you know, manage the team. Whether your team's good, bad, mediocre, it's your job to get the most out of them. You know, to me, when you keep saying the roster's the roster, it's a shot at the people who provide you that roster, and, and that's not what you're supposed to be doing if you're an organization man, right? Solve the problems and do it collaboratively. And if you don't like the way that part of the operation's being run, then have those conversations behind closed doors. And when you speak that way, you, you better stand in front of those same microphones and own it when maybe perhaps you weren't at your best. And I think uh, these last couple of nights, in all honesty, he hasn't been at his best. Okay, so is that just Sean giving his opinion unfiltered, um, which is refreshing, by the way, and I love it. I love the fact that that is still able to happen because there are a lot of places where that would not be able to happen, right. where you would have a team announcer 
be able to just speak his mind. Oh, and and, and you, in 10 got, years, you may not see that again in baseball or across sports or and, hear that. And Sean has the credibility and the ability that should that be an issue to say, okay, I don't need this problem. Right. And But Sean is a straight shooter. But I believe that Sean, just like everybody else in there, if they do games for a, a, an organization, they talk to people. You're around the press box. You yep. talk to other people in the organization. Mm-hmm. And I bet you there's a sentiment in there that go, dating back to Springfield with the winter weekend where the ownership in Heim are getting booed off the stage, there was one person who was cheered. That was Alex Cora. Yeah. The Greg Hill Show did a Twitter account, a Twitter poll this week that said, who do you blame most for the Red Sox current position? Henry was in first place with like 50%. 30% for Heim Bloom, 7 or 8% the players, 2% for Alex Cora. Mm. At no other point in my Red Sox watching <laughs> lifetime would the manager of the team in a down year be in fourth place out of four in terms of where they are in the blame pie. Yeah, but I still hear a lot of Cora is a cheater. Don't you don't you hear that? It's anecdotal. I know I, 2% I, is 2% from your I don't point. hear a lot. I, I think if you were to ask people today, who should the Red Sox get rid of, Heim or Cora, Heim would win 90%. Yeah. But I don't think that's the reality of what the organization, just by things like but this. Who do you trust in the organization to do the right thing? Honestly, they had a guy that was doing it a way that was winning, mm-hmm. but it was too costly. Right. Would you rather have Dave Dombrowski or Heim Bloom and John Henry buys the Penguins? Yeah. But, I don't know. I'd go with Dombrowski. But back to the Bill conversation where Belichick is extending Devontae Parker because he's doubling down on his original philosophy right and i disagree with that this is the red sox telling you we believe in high and bloom but they don't because last all-star last trade deadline they middled it they they didn't believe in high and bloom because they got criticism after vasquez got dealt in houston I know, but they but they apologize for that who gives a crap if you apologize well they, but but they're telling you what they believe in they say we screwed up we shouldn't but have why did that. they get into that position because the, they the, listen to the fans because the, the the sounds outside the yep. building were, were loud and they right. didn't have the ability or trust right. to believe in the process. If you right. don't believe in it last year, how could you encourage me to believe in it this year? Well, this year they're telling you we met, we messed up. We should have traded Bogarts last year. We should have traded J.D. Martinez at the deadline. We should have traded, so I don't know, So you just Ivaldi. said that they're still in contention, but they're going to trade Paxson at the deadline. Yeah, I don't love it, but that's what's happening. That's what's coming I, I, down the line. You trust that they're going to make the right decision? I believe that they, this is what they feel Bloom does best. I don't. I hate when Dale used to use that cop out. This is what they feel. I'm not talking to the Red Sox. I'm asking you, Ken Laird. What do you think they should do? If you're going to believe in Bloom, which I think they do, okay, God, no. then you let him trade. You let him trade these pieces. That's what he does. Do you, Ken Laird? I don't want that, that. I don't want that. I want them to go for it. I still think they can contend this year. Okay. So do and you I believe think... I'm Cora over Bloom. So do you? However, think... this is not the way the organization is going. Right. So you think the organization is going to compound the problem by doing the wrong thing again? Unless Bloom pulls off some good deals. Okay. So that which sounds I'm holding awful. out some hope for, but I don't. Totally trust. Uh, that does not sound optimistic. What do you think the Red Sox should do with Paxton at the deadline? Bloom v. Cora. Who do you support in that uh, and battle? We lied to power? Ian. We said we were getting the Patriots. <laughs> six one seven. Did I say that? I yeah. Didn't say that. We got the Patriots. We talked Bill for fifteen minutes. Okay. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven to reach the Kenny Curtis show. Um, we also had Mike Monaco on the call last night. Like it, Fresh young voice, voice, young voice. Couple nice home run calls. They did win last yeah. night. I like this stuff in, in spring training too. He's good. Uh We'll take some calls on this. Maybe he's the phenom in the organization. Yeah, I think he turned it around last night. He and uh, Duran. Look out combo. for Fleming and Monaco in Toronto. We're back. Ken and Curtis on WEEI. Download the Odyssey app and listen on demand anytime. 
And it's second, nobody out. First pitch, and Durant swings, and he drills this. Struck well. Center field. Varsho's back, and that ball is gone. Sharon Durant goes deep. First pitch, hunting with a two-run shot to center. And the Red Sox add on in the sixth. It is 3-0 here in Toronto. There we go. Got it. Got it. Got it. Check that in the veins, Curtis. Mike Monaco on the call on the Shaw's and Star Market WEI Red Sox Radio Network. And interesting, this is Monaco's walk-up song. (laughs) (laughs) Who is this, Diz? Uh, This is OT Genesis. OT Genesis. Uh, That's right. All right, well, OT Curtis is here. And uh, working uh, Saturday, as he always does. And next week, week you will not be working. No. It's the Bradfoe Show alongside me. And Bradfoe is going to join us at 10 a.m to weigh in on this Paxton situation because I want to know from Rob what Bloom has done and whether Paxton is staying or going. Okay, uh, I want yeah. an expert. I want to further the conversation, yeah. and I'm doing that. Next week will be James's first birthday, so big day. We're doing rock wow, climbing. Wow, that is amazing. First birthday already? Yeah. All right. Now, uh, Bloom. He's shaving. <laughs> Bloom has been here for uh, four years, uh, and, hi, the, and yep. the hammer is starting to come down. I mean, it is just the torture Hein Bloom every day on okay, sports radio. Give, give me a reason why he's doing a good job. Uh, I like Sedan Raffaella. And Bradfoe's going to break that down for you at 10. Never heard of him. Let's go to our buddy Steve in the truck here on Kenny Curtis. Good morning, Steve. Gentlemen, happy 4th of July weekend. And you. Um, you know, I gonna, I kind of got to err on um, Cora's side. And the only reason why is you, you had to think he wanted to keep Xander. This guy's let so many people slip away. You know, if they ever kept Mookie and the rest of the guys, you know what kind of lineup they would have had? And I would have been like Merv's role. So, I mean, and if a guy can't play a position, this is the problem I have with Greg and Jones. You're going to coach him up. You, How are you going to coach up a guy that doesn't want to play that position or can't play that position? You can coach him all you want. He's not going to get better unless he just stays out there eight hours a day and takes ground balls or whatever. It, it's just, you know, if he's used to playing another position, why would you put him when he's not used to playing? It doesn't make sense. You mean Kike? So I give Cora a lot of the uh, blame. You're talking but about yes, Kike. He's a perfect example. And, yeah, yeah, I mean, how many hours did he have? He got a guy that had, I think, the, one of the best fielding percentages in the majors last year at that position. And you're waiting for this guy that's on uh, injury reserve, which even when he comes back, is he going to be any good? Is he going to be rusty? How is he going to perform, you know? Yeah. But, so, I mean, but that's... I'm going to put 90% of it on, on gloom. Right, thanks, Steve. But then but then you get into if, if Bogarts, if Cora wanted Bogarts, it's not Bloom didn't want Bogarts. They offered him money late. It was ownership didn't. No, approve it Ken, until later. You and then, are such a that's lap true. Dog. Why? Why would you not blame the ownership? Because they you missed cash Bloom, spending. Heim Bloom before he gave Story one hundred and thirty million dollars. Yeah. could have given Bogarts a far more team friendly extension, and they could have kept both Devers and Bogarts. Yeah, that you don't was, think ownership would have pushed back on that at that time? Well, then sell the team. Okay, but they're not. Okay, well, <clears throat> then we can't really have a debate if we if we don't think that they can spend enough. Wait, to have you can't a... blame ownership. Well, <laughs> so Heim Bloom wanted to extend Bogarts, and he was rebuffed in twenty eighteen or twenty. I think that's plausible. No, he wanted to bring in his own guy. Why not have both? Why wouldn't any GM want to have what was Bogarts the first around? Thing? What was the first thing we said when they gave Story one hundred twenty million dollars? Mm, he and Bogarts would be a great middle infield duo. You you did not say that. The other thing is, if this guy, you know, why do you you, you argue like a total dink? Um, Two oh seven texter who says that the Red Sox now have like a top ten farm system. Yeah. If that's the case, great. Thank you, Heim. 
let's bring Dombrowski back, trade the guys that won't materialize, and then get a team around them of superstars. Wouldn't that be a great thing to do? I'm not even sure that's true. I don't follow it like I used to, but, um, you know, Marcelo Meyer is so good. I think he's inflating the entire system. But you're right. They better have uh, a steady wave of pipeline coming. Well, get Bradford's take on that. What's Marcelo Mayer hitting right now? Or Meyer, whatever the hell his name is. It's only is. been there two weeks. Leave him. Let's so it's on. been bad? I don't know. <laughs> I, actually I was on vacation. I don't know. Let's go to Jack in the South End. Hi, Jack. Hey, good morning. Um, yeah, the story contract saved them maybe $50 million over six years and has led to absolutely putrid performance at shortstop. So uh, congratulations, John Henry. So you, um, but, but you blame ownership, not Bloom, for not uh, keeping both. I kind of blame both. I think... Bloom is a lackey for John Henry, but ultimately, I, I guess you're right that, yeah, John Henry is sort of the source of it. And uh, in, in Portland, in uh, 91 at bats, about 100 plate appearances, uh, Marcelo Mayer is hitting a buck 78. I'm sorry, a buck 76. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I hope, hopefully, he does sort of end up being that long term kind of guy, but. It's not something. It's not a sure thing by any means. People act as if he is, and he's just. It's just not how it works, unfortunately. Uh, real quick, just wanted to say the main point of my call was I don't think Cora is to blame. I think it's more of a Bloom slash ownership problem. Um, I, I do think, however, that it is very likely that Cora will be scapegoated in sort of a, a, a Bruce Cassidy almost situation. So oh. I just wonder if, if you think there's any similarities there. That's kind of what I was thinking. That's interesting. So, I mean, if what you're hearing, the McDonough uh, opinion and other anecdotal evidence that Cora is maybe on more on the hot seat than Bloom, is that true? Is this becoming a Cassidy situation? Are the players pushing back on Cora? He benched Verdugo. But who the hell are the players worth standing behind? Like, Yoshida seems to be performing well. Justin Turner seems to be a leader. I don't think he has an issue with Alex Cora. Who has an issue with him? Yeah, I, it would. Be, you're right. It would be like the Turners of the world or the Chris Sales, unfortunately. He's, well, Chris he's still Sale, a leader I mean, on the team. <laughs> I mean, he is. I'm, I'm sure those are the guys that run the club out. I just, like, a bad year for the Red Sox in the last 30 years was 88 wins. Somehow we've accepted this. It's just awful. I, I was at the game, whatever it was, a month ago now. And it's like the, Kyle Ort was pitching. Like I couldn't. He closed t- it out last night, Caleb Ort. I, nice night, didn't This is what you get with the high and bloom approach. Nameless, faceless people, replaceable, all part of a big algorithm that's supposed to yield results that's never won anything, whether it was Oakland, Tampa, or here. Well, not really. I mean, you mentioned Justin Turner. There's a winner they brought in who's performing. Chris Martin, their setup guy, Kenley Jansen, their closer, have been good additions, veteran additions that are built to win now and have done so. Kenley Jansen's a 400-save guy. He's not, he's not a nobody. Okay. So there are some named players on the team. Yes, Kike Hernandez is. They're trying to make him something. He's Who's not. their shortstop? It's Trevor Story. Who's their second baseman? Uh, Christian Arroyo. Okay, wow. I mean, those guys. You <laughs> What's the basically... second baseman? Devers and Casas could be both stars at the corners someday. You got Yoshida in the outfield, and Duran is is big. If he if he can develop and you find something there, now you've got Bayo. Now you've got Paxton. You've got some good starters. They're not bad. They're not that far away. They need a couple of pieces, yes, and they need story to be healthy. That's one hundred percent true. Yeah, I, I just, I find it to be a maddening way to build a baseball team, especially when you're charging what they charge. The seats that I got for free, thank you, uh, Odyssey, mm-hmm. were a hundred seventy bucks a ticket. Yeah. Who the hell can? Why would you spend that amount of money to watch this team? That's a great experience. Fenway Park pays for itself. Six one seven 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 nine seven nine three seven. Get Bradford's take on this, and then we'll get back into the Parker Week. 
and the DeAndre Hopkins watch. And I want to hear what Brad, I want to hear what Bradford thinks about Hopkins. Well, good. We'll do that next. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.